1: Well, it seems like somebody's got the Clippers out for the Etihad turf, because that must be the deciding factor in why Manchester City were able to score 16 goals across two games this week. A win against Liverpool and two thumping performances in the Cups. And everything's looking rosy again, isn't it? Welcome to this week's Blue Moon podcast, where we'll be reviewing City's performances in both the FA Cup and League Cup, as it looks like they've reached the next round in each of them. Even the most pessimistic fan couldn't see a 9-0 lead being overturned now, could we? Uh, Well, we'll see. Uh, But there are questions of respect. Did City go in too strongly in the opposition this week? And uh, could they have given more opportunities for youth team players? Or are they in a lose-lose situation on that front? We'll give our thoughts on all of that shortly. Also in today's show, we'll look ahead to the coming game with Wolves. Plus, we've got an in-depth look at Phil Foden's development at the Etihad. Don't forget to tweet us with your questions for Ask the Panel at Blue Moon Podcast, or you can email through the website, BlueMoonPodcast.com. I'm your host, Sam Roscoe, and this week I'm joined by former City striker Leon Mike and the Blue Moon Podcast, David Mooney. Fellas, thank you very much for coming in. It's... Uh... It feels like a really, really special show we're about to have because it's not every day you absolutely spank two teams, is it? <laughs> let's face it. Um, let's get straight in, looking at Rotherham 7-0 and, and Burton Albion 9-0. Um, talking about taking the Cup seriously, Guardiola sent a, a, a clearly sent a strong message, didn't he, naming the, the two... Starting 11s particularly strong on on both fronts. I mean, what do you make of that? For you, is that a clear message? And is it, you know, when you look at Liverpool against Wolves, for mm. example, do you think that was a little bit of a cheeky dig?
2: Um, I think uh, Guardiola wants to win football matches, <clears throat> and he chose the teams that he chose um, to win those football matches. I believe, um, and I've said this all season. Uh, I think I said this last time I was on the program. Liverpool are a good team. They don't have anywhere near the strength and depth that that City have. Um, And therefore, if they rotate, they're going to lose a lot of quality. Because, you know, there's a big difference between a a Firmino and a Solanke. uh, And so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I think Pep Guardiola, um, you know, definitely picked his teams to win those games.
1: I don't think we're quite at the stage yet, but in time, if City remain in these competitions, get to the, the latter stages, the The talk of the quadruple will no doubt come. Do you think Pep Guardiola is is looking to that? Do you think he's I, comfortable I, with the thought of that?
3: I don't think... He won't publicly say, oh yeah, we're going for all four, but there's absolutely no doubt. He wants to win as much as he can. And it, tell me another club, certainly in England, there's no other club that's 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 got the potential to win all four at the same time as City. So... I, I, he he, of course, will go for it, and I think you look at like, like Leon said. You look at the, the the teams he named. He could have put out a team of youngsters <laughs> against Burton Albion. he could have put in more youngsters against uh, mm. against Rotherham. But you know, look at the number of changes he made. He made seven or eight changes for that Rotherham game. It wasn't uh, well, it wasn't just a, a name. The full strength team. Mm. I I also don't think City have a full strength team anymore. They've they've got that many options in different places. Full you can't, strength yeah, squad. Yeah, it's a full strength squad, yeah. isn't it? So you, you, th- there is that issue. But he. he He's named two strong teams, and it's a clear indication for me that he wants to go on and win everything he can. And you look at what he's done this week. That second leg against Burton Albion now it's you know it's a write off. He doesn't he doesn't need to worry about it. Now it's, he can
2: it's... now now he can give the kids a go. He can and There's... say you know what this is a tough game down at Burton Albion's ground. It's not the the you know all the niceties of being at home. Um, in front of your own people and at your own ground. It's a way, the changing rooms will be smaller, the pitch will be a little bit bumpier and the players will probably be a little nastier and get a bit closer. So yeah. for the young ones, definitely a good thing, I think.
3: And then you, you've got all the you've got the added bonus that, you know, the likes of De Bruyne, Silva and, and Aguero, the, these types of players can, will, will get that midweek off. Mm. So, yeah.
1: A lot is made in football about a confident team momentum and then a lot is also made about, Giving players a rest, making sure players are, are fresh. Clearly, Pep Guardiola has, has now got a, a very confident squad. If it wasn't already after these two results, what do you think that does for the for the team? And how do you think that will what or what do you think that will do for the the league formly on?
2: It's um, only going to propel it forward. Um, winning breeds winning, um, and I think that's again reiterating his his his. Um, his sides that he he picked against the two teams, Rotherham and and, and Burton, were to win the game. Um, we mentioned this the last time I was out again on this, David, is that we were on here talking about um, City having lost 1-0 to Chelsea or 2-0 to Chelsea, whatever it was, and everyone worrying. Cool. I'm like, are you serious? We've had <laughs> four or five defeats in like 60, 70 games, like... Calm down, realise where you used to be for a start <laughs> and now realise where you are. Um, and then, yeah, they had a, cu- a couple of bad results, but that happens in a season. Liverpool, have yet to have theirs. For me, for the league, I can't see past City this season. I know Liverpool are four points ahead at the minute and and doing well. I just can't see them outlasting City and um, the rest of the season. And as I say, winning, breeze, winning. The more games you win, the better your momentum is going to be. And from
1: a player's point of view as well, it's... It surely means less training, more games.
2: It does, it does. Um, for some people, that could be a bit of a, a frustration. Some people um, need to train more. Um, you know, your bigger built guys, your, your, your heavier set guys, they need to train a bit more than... Or they need to be playing, every. you know, week in, week out, every three days, um, and they might not have the... the Um, capacity to do that within having a body like they do Um, but for the players it's you know a fantastic opportunity to go and do something no one's ever done before
1: City have never defended a trophy David there's a big chance now with that isn't there with the, the League Cup
3: well, Spurs will have a home game at Wembley in the final, won't they? So that'll be the, that'll be a problem. Um, they've n- they've never got they've not got a better chance now. The, the funny thing is, you talk of the quadruple. I actually think the, the 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 trophy of the three of them that might be the hardest of them is, is actually now the Premier League because of. I feel like Liverpool sent a message in their FA Cup tie of uh, of basically we're going for this Premier mm. League and and we're you know sod the rest of it. We 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 want to win the title, and. What that what that'll do is if their if their sole focus is the title, if they end up giving away a few silly goals in the Champions League in their in you know in their tie and end up crashing out of the competition, you know, they're out of the FA Cup, they're out of the League Cup, that, that leaves them with just the, the 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 league to focus on. City with all their eggs in all the other baskets can go, Well, you know, we can we've got to manage the season a bit better. Um so I actually think I, I think that could be the I, I think that could be the stumbling block. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say City will go and win the Champions League. You don't know who you're going to get drawn against. You could you know get some tough draws there. Uh, the FA Cup they've got a big chance because some of the big boys have drawn each other. So there's there's going to be uh, teams going out there. They've got okay, it's Premier League team in the next round, but they've got a good opportunity there. Uh, the Burton game, like we said, is you know, you know they, they've 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 got through that tie, so it's going to mm. be one of Chelsea or or, or or Spurs in a in a one-off game in the final. Mm. So. There's, there, there is a big opportunity now, and you know if you if I was going to back City to win one competition this season and only one competition at this stage, it'd have to be the League Cup because it's the one that the closest to winning.
1: Yeah, um, just some stats about for stats for you about this week. It's the first time in more than thirty-one years that City have scored more than eight. <laughs> Nine nil is the uh, the largest margin of victory in an English Cup semi-final. Uh, could get bigger. Uh, interesting to note. Hopefully uh Burton are falling up at half time things interesting <laughs> make it interesting yeah. sight uh, and it's the first team uh, first time a team has scored more than 7 in back to back games since Leeds in 1967 wow. so uh, although uh, i kind of want to say we 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 feel rather blasé about the the two results we've just had the, the significance of them when you look at those stats you know it, it's it's pretty incredible, isn't it? There's
3: not many teams in that run that will have had back to back games against a championship side and a league one side. So mm. that it has to come with that caveat. But even mm. so, I mean, we've seen League One sides have knocked Premier League sides out of out yep. of competitions this season. Yeah. City got knocked out by Wigan last season. So it's it's as as much as it comes with that caveat, it's still
2: a great achievement. And also when you look at it twenty years ago this year, um City were at the level. They're at the yeah. level that Rotherham and Burton are now. Mm. So if that doesn't talk to you about, you know, the, the progression the club has made, I don't know what will.
1: Just on that point, looking at it in even in more short term, you look at that result against Wigan in the FA Cup. Do you think that might have influenced Pep Guardiola in these these past two matches? Do you think he'll have learnt a bit more about English football? And... Ah, but
3: he, he played a strong team at Wigan last season. He wasn't like he put his reserves out and got beaten he put his first team out and got beaten so
2: I don't know sometimes in football listen some, you can be the most fantastic team sometimes on the day it just doesn't go for you Um that wasn't like Wigan battered City into submission and beat them soundly they had a shot and Wigan, scored Wigan yeah. hung on they hung on they got their goal and City peppered them um, that night, so it was just a bad night. Um, I don't think you can compare it to the last couple of, couple of games that you have had.
1: Great to see Phil Folden um, doing well. He's now got his first goals at the Etihad. How much do you think uh, that will be a, a weight off his back?
2: It's a massive weight. I was I was actually a, a little disappointed. Actually, I, I saw the goal sort of on the fly. I was out and about doing some bits, and someone said, "Oh, Phil Folden scored his goal." So I, I got to watch it and thought. Come oh, on, celebrate better than that, it's young lad from down thought, the
3: road. I thought you were going to talk about the finish. I was going no, to say go to no, special. Listen,
2: it doesn't matter. You can come off your tooth, whatever, and go in. It doesn't matter. Um, but that's a, a local lad who's come right the way through the youth teams um, and the academy and the under twenty threes. He's your golden boy. You know. We talked about him scoring <laughs> his just, first goal. He just didn't know what Etihad. to do, did he? he no, it. no, he wasn't Phil himself. He was. It was that I expected. I don't know. He was. He was weird. I expected the Etihad to explode. That's one of ours. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't uh, Neither
1: was a, a classic finish But he did show some composure didn't he? The this, the goal
3: against Burton was much more composed than the one against Rother. The, 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 <laughs> the Rother one, he, I think he scored by accident, didn't he? He controlled it There's and no it went su- in. No such thing. Um, <laughs> 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 but
1: he like the, they all count. They all they all
3: count. <laughs> you're right. Um, but the, the the Burton one. I mean, I think it was Jesus had the first shot hit the keeper, mm. and then he, Jesus swung his foot for the second shot, and and Foden just went no 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 no, it's yeah. mine, and picked it <laughs> up and rolled it in. It mm. was on his strong foot, and it was a you know a nice finish. It was an mm. open goal, so he couldn't. He, yeah. he, you know... He, he you would have he would have laughed if he'd missed it but yeah. uh but he, I mean, he was in the right place and he was he was calm in the, as there was pandemonium going on around him so what more can you ask for
2: well, if we talk about confidence um nothing like goals gives you confidence and that'll do him a world of good he's got those goals now at home as well so that monkey's off his back and now he can concentrate on being the fantastic player he is i'll
3: tell you what he needs next and because he scored against Oxford, scored against Rotherham, scored against Burton. He needs a goal against the Premier League side. And that that will be yeah. the one. That'll just that'll set him off.
1: Um what do you make of how Guardiola
2: has managed his development so far? I think he's been spot on. I think he's taken him out when he needs to. I think he's put him in when he needs to. I think he's protected him, knowing how good a player he is. I mean let's 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 you know, let's not get it twisted. Phil Foden could be in probably 80% of the top sides in Europe at this minute in time. Um as a first eleven starter, is that good. And the fact that he I mean I watched him maybe three, two, three years ago for the England under 16s. And you know it's a group with the likes of Angel Gomez, Steven Cessignon, um those types of players, Jaden Sancho, uh, obviously Sancho having gone and doing what he's doing. In Germany, I think he might look at that and see Sancho getting an England team thinking, that's where I want to be, I'm actually, I'm actually the best player in that group, why am I not there? So it's, it's for Pep to manage that, as well as protecting him, because he's going mm. to want opportunities, you know, right now England are screaming out for a player like Phil Foden, we just can't pick him because he's not playing enough. Um, and I can't wait for the, day, for the day that he does get a pick for England because he, he, he will go and show everyone what he's about.
1: Well, fans are desperate to see more of him. Do you think that'll happen for the, the rest of the season, David? I
3: think he will. I think, like Leon said, I think the, the management of him has actually been, been quite good. There's, the fans have been desperate to see him more often and, and every week we say, well, why isn't Foden starting? Why isn't Foden starting? And actually, you know what? He's a teenager. He's still very slight in his frame. He's going to get knocked around a lot, and, he, and to be fair to him, he holds his own quite a lot in the in the games he's played. Mm-hmm. But you you have to be careful. You can't you can't overexpose him because at, at at any point if his confidence gets knocked or if he gets a knock that you know that that, that causes him problems with and uh, then needing rehab, anything like that, it can have a detrimental effect down the line. And I think. There's plenty of time for him. He's got, you know, he's just signed a six-year deal. He obviously buys into what the club is is offering yeah. to him. He's a city fan, so he he doesn't need persuading that he that he needs to stay, sort of thing. Yeah. He'll get his opportunities in the rest of the, in the rest of the campaign, and you know we've seen him come off the bench late on in in Premier League games. He'll start to do that more yeah. often. And you know what? I don't put it past him getting a Premier League start at some point towards the end of this season. And I just think it's about managing the the time that he gets on the pitch rightly. And I think it's it's not overexposing him, but giving him enough to, to, to kind of go
2: at. I actually think there's there's a, going to be a moment coming for him, um, maybe coming off the bench where he comes of age. Um, he's just that type of player that you think there's going to be a clutch position in a match and he's going to be the player that the makes it The one that difference. changes it, yeah. The one that changes it. And, and, and sorry, it's on that point unfolding, if you look at when Messi came into the Barcelona team, uh, when Guardiola was there, he had Ronaldinho on the other side for A year mm-hmm. so they he watched him, he you know, he taught him a few things, um, a few things. He had him on the pitch, and I think Foden now getting on the pitch with David Silva, Bernardo Silva, um, Mahrez, you know, those types of players he, he's going to draw experience from, it's going to be massive, um, for his development going forward.
1: If anybody knows how to to manage a, a natural talent it, it's it's Guardiola, yeah, isn't it i mean you look at the way he did with messi
2: <laughs> well <laughs> yeah i mean come on let's uh, not let's, let's not let, build you know, Foden up I, too much yeah no, 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 no but let's let's get it straight um if i would had gone and managed barcelona that season and had leon messi leon leonel messi leon messi <laughs> leon messi so <laughs> <laughs> your nickname uh, yeah dreaming there uh, um, no honestly you know leonel messi was going to take care of himself um, what where it you know makes a difference in the manager is the exposure that they have to the outside things that are outside of the club. Mm. Um, you I know, think,
1: I think as well. You, you know, you look at the. The deal would have been playing on his mind for quite some time. Folding, you'd have thought, you know, and, and a six-year contract's massive at this, you know, at, at this level of the game. Six years is a is a big contract. It is, but you don't for such a young player you, as well. You,
2: you don't, you, honestly, as a young player uh, at 17, people used to say, "Oh, it's a short career." And I think I'm 17 years old. You're <laughs> condemning me already? What are you talking about? Um, but it does it fly so fast. I can still remember my first day of pre-season at 16 years old at Man City in Aldringham. Wanted to spew everywhere because we were running so much. <laughs> um, so I, sp- I still remember that, uh, you know, as, as as clear as day. I, and it does; it goes so fast. Um, and for me, for, the earlier Phil Foden gets more exposure now, I think we know about. Everyone knows about him now. There's no hiding it. I think he needs games. I think Guardiola's got to find a way um, to to get to, to fit him in. Um, you know, coming off the bench. Like I say, David Silver's not going to last forever. Um, and he is his protege, so the time is is nearing. I think definitely.
1: I think as well, the fact that he has got this new deal six years suggests that there's still time, and he's he's going to be patient still with it. I think that's that's what that says the 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 longevity of that contract.
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, also, you know. <sighs> I tend to look at contracts a little less these days, you know, unless a player is in within the last eighteen months, I and mean, we know it's that like critical time. Okay, the club going to get rid of him, or they're going to, they're they going to stay with them. Um, I, I don't tend to, 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 you know, a player can sign a four year contract and leave the next window. That's just the nature of football now. Um, what it is for Phil Folding, you can clearly see he's delighted he's playing for City, clearly delighted he's being mentored by David Silva, clearly delighted his manager Pep Guardiola. Why would he want to leave at this moment in time?
1: Um. Looking at a few of the other youngsters, we will, we'll come on to that. But first, uh, still a very young player, um, relatively new to, to Manchester City still, although he's been around for, for a little while now, is is Gabriel Jesus. Four goals against Burton, and yes, it is only Burton, but that's surely got to be great for his confidence, hasn't it?
2: Um, yeah, anyone that says, oh you, oh, you only scored four goals against Burton is an idiot, in my opinion. Um, I'm, just, I'm
1: just going to throw it out there.
3: I've never scored four goals against Burton. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't many that can
2: say they have, in all honesty. Listen, four goals at any level in the professional games, four goals, you know, doesn't matter whether it's Burton, whether it's Manchester United, it's four goals. Um, and I think he's been unlucky. Oh, um, I like him as a player. Uh, I think he's a fantastic talent. He's just had Aguero ahead of him. You know, that's it, isn't that's, it? That's, that's, that's he the bottom line. Listen, he's a fantastic talent, but when you've got Sergio Aguero, who's still probably got another couple of years left in him at the top level ahead of you you're going to come up um, come up trumps you know um, you, you've just got to be patient again it's the Phil Foden situation mm. you're being mentored you, you're taking on all these tips and eventually you slip in when they, when they leave um, and I think he he has to be you know patient they're playing for one you know one of the best managers of all time so far uh, in football history uh, a club that's going places um, in the centre of Manchester which is a wonderful city um, you know what more does he need at this moment in time
1: He's been here for for two years. Um, how do you think he's he's progressing at City?
2: I think very well. I think he's
3: like Leon said. He's been unfortunate about who's been who's been behind. He also he had that problem, didn't he? Where <clears throat> you know he, he, his family were were with him, and then obviously yeah, yeah. didn't get visas and had to go back to to Brazil, and then he was left on his own. And it's it, it suddenly, you know, for someone who's so young, you have to grow up very quickly in that situation. So I think you know dealing with that off the pitch, as well as as then you know. Been in and out of the team with Aguero there. I think he's done very well, and I, like Leon, I really like him as well. I think he, you know, I, I maybe I was a little bit eager when he first came onto the mm. uh, onto the scene, and I was uh, and I was talking about him, looking forward to when he breaks Aguero's goal scoring record. I don't <laughs> think he'll do that for City, but he's he's going to score a hatful. He already has scored a hatful for City. <clears throat> he's going to carry on scoring more. And listen, you don't as as if he wasn't up to it, and he wasn't up to much, cop, he wouldn't still be at City. Because Guardiola mm. knows what he wants from a striker, and clearly he does it. He presses well. He can finish. Okay, he's you know he's he's not quite as reliable as Aguero is, but again, he's he's still only young, yeah. so he's he's got, he's got plenty of time. Was he's it looking his, good.
1: his second when he hit the post? Yeah, it was a nice finish. Yeah, a, you know what? It, it was a really clever finish. I mean, you 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 did the keeper. That, the keeper that's what early. I'm saying. Yeah, mm. you're in that position. He's got like three defenders around him. He's got such a tight gap to get it through. Everyone's thinking put it to the left I think mm. and it, he just slots it to the right you know.
2: I think
3: it was on his weak foot as well I think he used his left foot for it
2: listen he's a very capable player Gabriel Jesus and uh, you know if we look at last season when <clears throat> uh, Man City was were expected to continue and get the 100 points you know he made the difference yeah. in the end with that he goal um, you know on the last day of the season and not only that you know if you, look at, if you look at Aguero and Jesus you look at their body shapes they're completely different you know Jesus is a little bit more stringy a little bit more lanky a little bit more uh, less thick set, and I remember watching <clears throat> Aguero when he was probably um, Jesus's age, and he'd get the ball and it'd come in and set out to be trying to run through the back of him, and he'd be that strong, he wouldn't move. Jesus hasn't got that. He's,
3: he's, Aguero's all out of proportion, isn't he? He yeah, does doesn't, <laughs> not right. You know,
2: but... no, he doesn't, but he's strong. Yeah, you know, he's he's, he's got that real low sense center of gravity and, uh, and you know strong core. So I think once Gabriel finishes growing, because he's what 21, 22, 21, 22 you know? yeah. You know he's just finishing off growing. Now he's going to build his body up and be able to let his, you know, once his bones are now developed fully as a grown man, he can now develop the muscle on top. That's going to help him deal with the hairy centre halves in the Premier League.
1: <laughs> well, following that nine-nil win over Burton Albion, this is what manager Pep Guardiola had to say to the press.
4: Big congratulations to Barton for the tournament he has done because uh, at the end it was so he beat teams from from Premier League and and three or four from the championship, so he deserves to be here. Uh, we play seriously, we scored the first goal quickly, and after, you know, uh, in some period the f- between the first and the second one was not good, we, we didn't control our right side, the second balls, we had the problems of that, and when they arrived, they had a clear, clear chance with 1-0 but the difference especially in the Premier League teams in the league one of course the quality of the players no that about so that but especially the rhythm the when you have high high intensity in our rhythm during 90 minutes at the end they they go down because the rhythm in the training session the physicality is higher and that's why after the third four goal was was easier. it was important to try to to take advantage we didn't expect to score so many goals but it's it's good for the terms of okay case we are in the final so that's nice. Is uh, after one last season, come back again in the less important trophy in the season it means a lot for us. For means every single game is important, and and that's why we are satisfied to come back to Wembley.
1: How impressed were you by the way the your team relentlessly went for more and more goals? Because it would have been easy to kind of sit back after three or four.
4: Yeah, we we spoke about that. They have time to take, the, to be simple, to play simple, to let them run and and try to you know to score more goals. It's the best way to respect the competition, and to respect the opponent. Because if you win 5-0 and after that you you believe and you forget to continue, you don't have respect for your opponent, you don't have respect for your uh, for the competition. And the best way is do what you have to do for our future. And we have done.
3: Many supporters would have expected to see
4: phil foden start tonight what was you thinking by bringing him off the bench not starting him tonight because david silva needs minutes because the last two weeks three weeks was uh injured and kevin as well and that's why i decided for them but always i thought after 10-15 minutes second half phil go go inside
0: this is the blue moon podcast facebook.com for Slash Blue Moon podcast.
1: Pep Guardiola speaking to the media after that 9 0 trouncing of uh, Burton Albion in the semi final of the Carabao Cup. Um, a lot's been made about respect following that match. Were, were City disrespectful by not slowing down after. Five or six?
3: Not a chance. Sorry.
2: Uh, Yeah, exactly that. Not a chance. I mean, come on. It's a football game. It's not like uh, Burton Albion put their under-13s out. You know, these are grown men um, with a grown manager. Listen, football's about um, winning the game. And no one showboated to the point where it was ridiculous. Everyone did the job. It ended up in nine goals because City actually stayed on the metal and played the right football and, 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 you know, scored the goals that they did. I would take it as more of a personal slight as a player. If my opponent eased up, and said, "Oh, you know what? We need to give you a break." No, it's disrespectful.
3: It's more disrespectful if City if City were to get to five and go right. That's it. Game one, yeah. and just keep the ball, passing it yeah. around the back four. That that's almost like you are taking the piss. Yeah. And if you carry on playing as you are at five nil, six nil, seven nil, <clears throat> as you do at nil nil. Mm-hmm then you're giving your opponent the, the the respect of playing the game
2: properly. Yeah. And we're talking about momentum, you know. If you are, you know, full on hell for leather in the first half and then in the second half, maybe you drop to 50% because you don't want to get any injuries or you don't want to be tired for the next game. In the next game, you're probably going to take that momentum into that game. So if you've got a big game coming up, you know, take that momentum from the last game yeah. and it's fantastic at the minute. Um, we asked Twitter... Uh, for your opinions on on
1: which is, is more disrespectful, continuing to, to push for more goals in a match after scoring 5, 6 or 7, or making changes, including youth players because you're playing lower league opposition and, and not really taking the competition too seriously. 34% said that continuing to score was... Uh, the more disrespectful uh, a whopping 66% the majority said making too many changes was perceived as the more disrespectful uh... I'd,
2: I'd like to see what that 34% if their team was was five nil up at half time and a poll went round the ground it'd be interesting to see if those 34% were like oh no let's stop scoring goals yeah come on i, I think the, the other thing
3: as well like about paying respect to the competition, City are in a lose-lose situation here. If they put out a, a team that was full of five or six youth players, then you know he names the first team for the mm-hmm. final. Yeah. All of a sudden, the, the, the attention is, well. Pep Guardiola was a bit disrespectful in the semi-final, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. he? Didn't he didn't name a strong team in that, and now they've got a good team against them. they are naming a strong team, so he can't
2: win. I think we've just got to let managers manage the teams <laughs> and uh, let um, you know the press write about it. That's it. Um.
1: Talking about youngsters was there more room for for a couple of the younger players in in city's teams this week We yep. spoke about the opportunities mm-hmm. that that Phil Foden's getting or or not getting um do you think he could have done a, a bit more to to bring some more youth through there's there was op, there, there was certainly
3: the opportunity i mean I was surprised at how strong he went in fairness against Burton Albion for instance um I think, you know, Eric Garcia's one that he's, he's played a couple of, of League Cup games. And I think the, the other side of, of playing Eric Garcia, I don't think... I also, I don't think that was on the respect point uh, disrespectful towards Burton because he played against Leicester, who were, you know, Premier League side. Yeah. So it's not like it's a, a, an unknown change for City. Um, but I think there's there's a situation at City where youngsters are... Certainly, when you look at someone like Diaz and Sancho, they're leaving because they're not getting first-team opportunities. And then games like this come along. And I know Guardiola says, oh, I've had players injured and I need to give them minutes back on the pitch, that sort of thing. And he's absolutely right, he does. But he also needs to take into consideration the players that, that are going to be there coming through the academy and, and, and that sort of thing. So it, it's a very, very difficult balancing act. And you know, Pelle- we, we slammed Pellegrini a few years ago. He went on to win the cup the year that everyone said he should have played some more youngsters against uh, Sunderland in the first mm. round and, and this sort of thing. And... I, I just I maybe would have liked to have seen a couple more youngsters on the bench with the yeah. ability to bring them on.
1: It's a it's a fine balance, isn't it, Leon?
2: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'd said last season I'd been critical and said, look, why are you not giving these guys a go? Now I understand where he's going with it this year. He's put that game that tie effectively out of sight, and now he's got a free swing. Now people are going to say, oh, you're disrespectful by putting a, a load of kids out because you're nine and a up. Listen, just just get on with the game. <laughs> disrespectful to who who's who's offended I'd be offended at getting beat 9-0 because I got beat 9-0 not because the opponents decided they were going to score a lot more goals than five it's ridiculous
1: um since the last show it's all sort of kicked off a little bit with talk of, of growing the grass for the match against Liverpool. <laughs> Just wanna get your opinions on that very, very quickly. Nonsense this, isn't it? Um Listen, I you know what, I'm I'm fully aware of home advantage and mm. you know. It goes on yeah. in football. It still goes on. I can tell you a great story about Fulham and Oldham mm, this weekend, yeah. where they, they make it, uh, the, the changing rooms were like a sauna for the mm, away team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. It does go on. It goes on. But, the, ma- but the, the criticism
3: but grow of the grass. the grass. Really? The criticism of the grass, though, it, like it makes it sound like the Liverpool players were needing machetes in the corner to get you know, <laughs> listen, to, to dig listen, their way through. It's listen. nonsense. Isn't
2: First it? of all, before that game, I, th- I couldn't believe couldn't believe the pessimism of Manchester City fans, some of my friends who I'd spoken to about the games, oh, you go in the game? And they were like, yeah, what do you think? Oh, I don't fancy us tonight.
3: That was all all of us in the studio.
2: (laughs) What is going on with you people? You've got one of the best sides in history and you've Worrying about playing against a good Liverpool side, you know. If only we'd
3: known uh, we needed to grow the grass a
1: bit more <laughs> to, to just. Thank God,
3: listen. yeah.
1: Thank God we grew the grass and the the, the, the lines were, were a thicker. bit thicker than normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, The funniest thing with the lines, though, is I said
3: this at the time: if that line that that uh, where the goal didn't go in at uh, the North Stand end was actually thicker, it makes Sane's finish even better. Yeah, he scored exactly. at that end exactly. No,
2: listen, come on. Uh, you know, I think someone's pulling our leg there um, with regards to the grass. Um, the, the ball rolled just fine for both teams. It was actually, I really enjoyed the game really enjoyed the intensity of it really enjoyed the fact that it was effectively a title game Um, the two top teams in in the table going at it playing good football and it was it was 100 mile an hour the whole time I really enjoyed it so I'm not sure what anyone's talking about with regards to the grass it'd have been 120 miles an hour if they'd mowed it properly though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway time to move on from the grass before we get uh, a, a nasty email from the, the ground staff at the Etihad <laughs> uh, after his first two home goals this week Phil Foden has been in the spotlight once again uh, we've already mentioned him but it is hard to deny that City fans are getting excited about the youngsters progress and there's a real chance that he'll be the one to break through from the academy to become the poster boy for the CFA as the Local boy who came good. David Mooney has been looking at his big milestones in his so far fleeting career at the Etihad.
3: It was in the December of Pep Guardiola's first season when City fans first heard about Phil Foden. Then, 16, the midfielder was named on the bench for the side's one all draw with Celtic in the Champions League, though he didn't get onto the pitch. His big break came at the beginning of the next season. Foden started and impressed as City lost to United in their pre season tour of the USA. Guardiola was glowing in his praise of the youngster. You
4: are a lucky guy, believe me. You are the guys who saw the first game in the first team for Manchester City for this this guy. So long time ago I didn't see something like today I saw.
3: Foden went on to impress in the rest of pre-season too. But his next big achievement came with the national team. He scored goals three and five of England's 5-2 win over Spain in the Under-17's World Cup final. He spoke to reporters after the match.
1: It's massive. Like you can tell by everyone watching it back at home how big it is. Yeah, So we're really like, thankful for all the messages. He brought the trophy on for everyone. I believe that everyone can push through the ranks. He's got a lot of quality in the team, everyone even on the bench, everyone. So I think we just need to believe and just prove that we can all make
3: it. His rise continued when back at City. A month after winning the Under-17's World Cup, he made his City debut, coming off the bench in a 1-0 win over Feyenoord in the Champions League. Speaking on BT Sports, former City defender Richard Dunn was mightily impressed by Foden's cameo.
4: It's amazing. I mean, there's been so much talk about him from I suppose the pressure's being building on him but it was good tonight because every time he didn't have the ball he was looking, he was in space all the time and that's what he was looking for, he was looking for the areas on the pitch where he could get it.
3: While Foden himself explained to City TV what it meant to get
1: on the pitch. It meant everything, I've waited so long for this opportunity and it finally came, it meant everything to me.
5: I know that you always like to speak to your parents after you've played in a game. Have you called your mum yet, or is she here? Oh,
1: there's no service in the changing room, so got <laughs> to wait for that.
3: <laughs> Foden continued into uncharted territory as Christmas approached. He made his first start for the club in a 2-1 loss at Shakhtar in the final Champions League group game before making his first appearance in the Premier League ten days later. He came off the bench in a 4-1 win over Tottenham. Former City striker Craig Bellamy spoke recently to Sky Sports about why the youngster shouldn't be rushed into the
1: first team. I look at his frame as well. I don't think it'd be great for him to play week in, week out mm. at this present. moment. his body's developed. Mm. You can see of his build, mm. he's a talented footballer and he can get away from now. Imagine how,
2: how good he could become. So at times, you've got to let his body develop as well. If he plays too much now, like we've seen with so many young players who are still growing, then injuries can occur. Then gradually bringing him in, Gradually learning off some of the best players in the world
3: will improve his development. Foden kept coming off the bench last season as City went on to lift the title with a record number of points and goals. The teenager became the youngest ever player to earn a Premier League medal as well. When he started the Community Shield the following August, there were clear signs of how much he'd progressed. Foden looked at home in the Champions team, amid discussion about whether he should leave City to get more game time, like his former teammate Jadon Sancho. Ex-City boss Stuart Pearce spoke to Sky Sports. I don't think you can take one youngster and say, well, Sancho's taken that route, all of them should go to Germany or Spain, wherever it may be.
1: It was right for Sancho to do that, and I think it's worked well for him. Foden is certainly loved by his manager, you can tell the affection. I can see him, you know, taking over from Silva or whoever he takes over in a year or, or whatever. And he's going to be a world star, there's no doubt. He's unfazed now by going on. He started the Community Shield
3: and never yeah, looked yeah. out of place once when he's worn a City shirt. Voden went on to add more achievements to his name this season. There was a grandstand finish to the League Cup tie at Oxford where the 18-year-old scored his first goal for the club to make it 3-0. He gave his reaction to City TV. still haven't
1: fully sank in, but obviously I'm very happy to get my first goal for City. Yeah, I've dreamed about this moment as a kid, um, scoring my first goal for Club of have supported since young, and um, today I've, it's actually come true. And yeah, like I said, I'm really happy, and hopefully, I can get more. Though
3: fans were still getting frustrated that Foden wasn't getting much time on the field after a home win over
4: Fulham, Guardiola admitted he was too. I feel guilty he deserves to play every game, he doesn't play the last game, but he's going to play a lot of games this season. I feel it. So today, the guys after the game were so exhausted, tired. So, and before, one game a week, now hour we start every three, four days, game, game, games, he's going to play. So, I like a lot Phil, every time he plays, people plays so good, so well, so he's going to play minutes.
3: Despite progress to the first team seeming to slow down, Foden appears to have the full trust of the manager and his coaching staff. Guardiola was delighted
4: when the youngster signed a new contract to commit his future to the club. I never had, I don't have, and I think I will never have doubts about the quality of that guy. He's able to play with us, it doesn't matter where, but it's not just the quality that he has with the ball, it's the way he fouls. he is, looks like skinny, looks like not strong, but he's really, really strong. And arriving in the byline, cross, shoots... Um, He's an outstanding outstanding young player. He's a huge talent. I think England has a diamond. When Foden scored City second in
3: Sunday's FA Cup tie with Rotherham, the roof came off the Etihad. It might not have been the tidiest of finishes, but it was the teenagers' first at home, and a moment everyone had been waiting to see. After that game, the manager rubbished the idea that he'd go out alone to get more first-team minutes.
4: Still Foden alone? No way. about obviously
3: the game time, but...
4: No way. He's going to stay with us many, many years. Impossible.
3: And after his first home goal on Sunday, fans will be hoping to see even more of Foden in the second half of the season. We'll leave the final word on this feature to him about
1: what he wants to achieve in his career. Stay here all my life, that's what I'm going to try. And that's what I want to do.
2: Hi, this is Nader Manuha, and you're listening to the Blue Moon Podcast
0: for a pledge of $2 a month. You can hear our weekly bonus show on a wide range of City topics. There's more details on patreon.com forward slash Blue Moon Podcast.
1: David Mooney looking at Phil Foden's milestones for, for City so far. Time to move on and uh, there is a big match coming up on Monday in the Premier League. Manchester City taking on Wolves at the Etihad. It is a crucial week as we turn our attention back to the Premier League to preview the upcoming match against the Midland side. We're delighted to say we're now also joined by Dave Azapardi from Talking Wolves. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Cheers for having me on, guys. No worries. Just uh, give us a, a a little bit of an insight for us, Dave. What is the the mood like at, at Wolves so far this season?
5: Well, it's fairly positive. I mean, for a newly promoted side to be you know quite comfortably in the top 10 at the moment. Obviously, there were lots of talk about Wolves being a side to watch out for. Uh, with the players that we'd brought in and so on uh, but for us to actually be like sort of doing well in reality obviously we can spend all this money and you can have all this talk similar to what Fulham have done you know Fulham have spent a lot more money than we have and they're really struggling so I'm very grateful for who we've brought in and how we've done so the mood is very positive at Molyneux between all the fans and all the players so so far so good. Um so yeah, really good start to the season.
1: Who's been the, the the key man for you when you when you know when you you talk about these new transfers?
5: Um it, it's a strange one really because we haven't really got anyone that's like a prolific goal scorer at the moment. So there's no one that you can ever basically every week you, you someone else can score. Uh, mm. It's one of those really, but out of the new players obviously there's Jean Matinho, who just added so much experience to this team and it's crazy to think, sort of, this time last year that we'd ever have someone of his sort of caliber and experience in our squad. Um, he's been a very, very good player. Um, Raul Jimenez as well, who we brought in on loan from Benfica. He's our forward, our main striker. Although he's not scoring, you know, a goal every game, he's still contributing a lot. So, out of all the players that we've brought in, there's not really been anyone particularly that has been a bad signing.
1: You mentioned uh, Jimenez there, who's the the leading scorer. Also, Neves is a, a a key playmaker for you. What do you think's made them so dangerous this season? What is it about them?
5: It's difficult to say because I think the, our play style at times is just so unique, and that's why it did so well in the championship. Um, this season, as such, it, it's quite funny when there's a lot of reports, and and whenever I look, sort of listen to a podcast or watch videos everyone always says that Neves, Neves, Neves is like the, the key guy or or someone, because I suppose it's because he's so young still, but he's actually been at times underperforming a lot for Wolves this season. But I think the key for our tactic and how we play is always the two central midfielders. Um, so when Giaumatini and Ruben Neves are getting room and they're on their game, that's when Wolves really start playing good football. So, I'd say those two, on their day, are the are the whole reason that Wolves start getting wins and start playing good football. Really,
1: Leon, we've, we've heard uh, Dave talk about some of their, their key players and some, some big names as well. When mm. you look at the uh, you know the history that some of those players have got in football, mm. how do you think they're they're going to cope when they, you know they come to the Etihad?
2: Um, I think they'll do okay. They seem to have um, done okay against the the you know stronger sides in the Premier League this season. I think where they struggled is teams sort of on their level and below. Um, so I don't think it will be um, you know, a, a trouncing by any stretch of imagination. I can't see anything but a City win, but Wolves are giving a great account of themselves when they're playing the top teams in the Premier League so far.
1: They've beat Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Dave, how are you feeling coming to the Etihad to take on City?
5: <laughs> well, it's a strange one. Obviously, you've said there, you mentioned a few of the teams that we've beaten, Um, We came, obviously, after the, well, we went and beat Spurs after they'd started scoring five or six goals past a few different Premier League teams, so none of us were really positive uh, about that, and obviously we came out with a 3-1 win at Wembley, so it's sort of the same case for you guys with the amount of goals that you've scored in the last two games, albeit against, obviously, sort of football league sides, but it still really doesn't make a difference, so... I've always been very positive against, uh, about Wolves and our record against the top six has been very, very positive. So it's going to go one of two ways. I think either City are going to be the first <laughs> big team to come and turn up against us or we may hold them again to a similar game to at Molyneux when we got a 1-1 draw.
1: Well, our our resident pessimist, David Mooney, is uh, is here with us. (laughs) David, how are you feeling ahead of the the match against Wolves? Oh, not good. Not good (laughs) at all. I
3: I mean, in all seriousness, it's a funny one, this game, because where City's season is at at the minute, you know, they're they're four points off the top of the table. They've just had that massive result in in beating Liverpool. This is the game where they they now have to kick on and, and, and get on with the season, and I think... Kind of unfortunately for Wolves, whoever City came up against in this game, they ha- City have to win it because they, if they don't, then they've just undone done all that hard work that they got through against uh, against Liverpool that Thursday night. So they're in a position now where they, they they have to put in a performance. Wolves will give them a test. Don't get me wrong about that. You look at the game at Molyneux, Okay, you know the, you can argue all you want about the ball being punched into the net and it being you know being offside and and the build up and whatnot, but. Wolves were still creating chances be, uh, beside that as well as City. So I think you, you look at, at, at how tough City had it that after at that afternoon. I don't think City are going to get it easy at the Etihad, and I think it's down to them now to actually go. Well, you know what? We've got to get the ball going, and we've got to get
1: playing, and we've we've
3: actually got to, to to just get the job done, however we do it.
1: We've spoken quite a lot on this episode of the podcast about confidence, about momentum, particularly from cup competitions. Dave, obviously, Wolves had a great result against Liverpool in the FA Cup. What do you think that result will do going into this game at the Etihad?
5: Well, of course having any sort of victory in the FA Cup is always a good boost to, to any team, but especially when we beat Liverpool, you know, you you can argue whether you, you think it was a a strong side or, or their reserves as a few papers have have labeled it, but yeah, it's, it's always going to give a big boost and We even made changes ourselves. You know, Nuno brought in three or four players that haven't really had much game time. So for them as well, it's going to be a massive boost. So I'm hoping that we could come into this game. Um, I'm hoping that the FA Cup win can give us a little bit of a boost because us as fans, we were ecstatic about that victory. And, you know, this season is probably arguably one of the the, the best chances Wolves are going to have to, to come close to winning the FA Cup. So, you know, with some of the big teams already out, Obviously, there's still the likes of City and so on still in it. But, you know, it's a big boost to Wolves. We're doing well in the league. So, yeah, the the, the morale is high in, in the camp. So, everyone's happy at the moment. David, it's David. Can I just ask you about the goalkeeper? Just
3: because, uh, obviously, he put in a, a great performance against City at Molyneux earlier this season. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he seems like a bit of a coup signing for Wolves. How's he How's he been doing?
5: Yeah, um, obviously, Patricio, he'd, he'd always been... Uh, touted as quite a high profile player and a, a such a good goalkeeper in Europe, um, obviously for Portugal and so on. Um, he's he's doing well. There's there's some suspects sometimes over his kicking and his distribution, but as a shot stopper, I mean, even against City, he made one or two fantastic saves. As a shot stopper, he's very, very good. Um obviously, yeah, his backup is John Ruddy, who put in a very good performance against Liverpool as well. So there are one or two fans wondering uh, if there's going to be a decision to be made. But yeah, Patricio has been a good signing. Um, uh, we initially thought he was signing on a free, but it came in the end. We had to pay sort of an 18 million compensation for him. But for that, for a top class goalkeeper in any division, that's that's the money you're going to have to pay now. So, yeah, he's been a very, very good addition to our squad.
1: City have been pretty relentless and unforgiving in these, these past two games in the, the cup competitions. Going back to the, the Premier League, Leon, could this match against Wolves set the tone for the, the rest of City season? It's going to be tough, but if they are to chase down Liverpool, then they need to start being relentless in the Premier League against teams like Wolves, don't they?
2: 100%. <clears throat> I think um, Guardiola and the, and the team have already set the tone. They set that tone when they beat Liverpool 2-1. Um, that's that's the standard, you know, that's what they'll be looking for every game now um, and also taking it game by game, so Wolves is the next one, they'll be focused on that they won't be looking too far ahead at games, too far in the distance um, but, you know, they'll be looking to just ride the momentum, ride the wave at the moment that they're on um, and, and try to catch Liverpool as quickly as possible um, and, and overtake them um, when they can
1: well, it is time to move on. It is predictions time, gentlemen. We've raised £580 for the Christia Cancer Hospital in Manchester so far on this season's charity bet. William Hill is giving each of our panel a £10 correct score single on City's matches, and it is Wolves up next. So, uh, David, we're going to go for for your prediction first. What are you going for, Moons? I've uh, I've said 3-1 City, although I'm not entirely that confident about it, but, you know... Seems a solid bet that both teams will score at least. Three <laughs> one uh, is nine to one with William Hill, which means ninety pounds could be added to the pot. Leon, what are you going
2: for? I've gone for two 0 City.
1: Two 0 is five to one, so that could add a nice fifty quid into the uh, the pot as well. Uh, Dave from Talking Wolves, what is your prediction?
5: Uh, I've got I've got a back our team, especially as the other two lads have gone for a City win. I'll um I'll go one one draw feeling confident dave <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> well,
2: full confidence would be a win wouldn't it uh well listen
1: dave for the for the purpose of of charity i hope you spot on because 1 1 is 12 to 1 with william hill which means 100 120 pounds could be going into the pot remember you've got to be 18 or over to gamble prices can change for more information on responsible gambling visit begamblerware.org. well hopefully it all comes off for charity um if not, and it is one all, then there's, there's something to. At
3: least there's some money in there. Isn't yeah, it? at least there's some money in <laughs> very there. Nice uh, once
1: again, from from Talking Wolves, Dave, as a party, thank you very much for joining us. No problem, lads. Thanks for having me on. And uh, and fingers crossed, it doesn't quite go your way on on Monday night. <laughs> but all the best for the rest of the season.
5: Thank you. Cheers, all the best,
1: lads. mate. Time to move on. And City's nine nil win over Burton Albion is their record high scoring game since moving to the Etihad Stadium. Before that, the team had never scored more than seven in a match. It's now confession time. We thought it'd be quite nice to look back at all of those games, not expecting City to smash the record on Wednesday night. We also thought it would be even funnier to get our reporter John Chubb to do it because we knew that one of the games was a battering of Sheffield Wednesday and John is a big Wednesday fan. Uh, But that joke backfired when Kyle Walker hit City's 8th and then Riyad Mahrez netted City's ninth in midweek. Anyway, here's John looking at the times when City equalled their previous best scores at the Etihad.
6: The first time City put seven goals past the team at Eastlands was pretty soon after moving there from Main Road. It was in the League Cup tie under Kevin Keegan where Barnsley made the short trip over from Yorkshire and left with a 7-1 battering. That was in 2004 and it took almost a decade for the team to score that many again. It came in Manuel Pellegrini's debut season as City plus 7 past Norwich.
4: It was a, a very, very good game. Uh, we played really well, we, we moved the ball quickly, we, we, were, we were always pressing in every part of, of, the, of the pitch, so we did a completely a completely match of 90 minutes. And not uh, playing depending uh, the score. I think that the team played exactly the same the, the ninety minutes.
6: That was a record Premier League win for City, and a record that still stands today. There were seven different scorers, though two were later credited as own goals. Yaya Toure scored a free kick. He spoke
2: to City TV. Please, and I uh, think I'm very very happy for the team, you know, because we have a, a terrific performance today, you know, full credit to, the, to our last, you know, because. We deserve it. We show, we show. We are, the, we are home, and uh, as well, the fans was uh, unbelievable and uh, very happy for the for the three point.
6: Nastasic had his goal taken off him. This was before
4: he was told the bad news. I'm uh, very happy for because I scored my first goal in the city shirt, and uh, I will try to score a lot of goals in uh, in the future. You know, we play uh, short ball. Uh, we are not uh, other. Like other teams uh, we like to play, and uh, we we don't score a lot of goals from the from the corner. this is the first goal, and we must continue like that
6: Pellegrini was in charge for the next seven nil two it was back in the league Cup as Sheffield Wednesday came to the Etihad. Eddie Jeo was pleased with the display finally
3: uh, I haven't scored in, uh, in the first few games, and uh, those are my my first first goals in this season and uh, You have to start somewhere, so I
4: hope many more to come. We haven't won for like, I don't know, three or four games in a row, so also like for my goals, you have to start somewhere with the wins, so
3: we won today and we want to keep going in the next games.
6: It had actually been 0-0 at half-time, so City stepped it up after the break.
3: The manager just said, just keep going and be secure at the back, the goals will come. Lampard scored two. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I'm also happy for the for Pozo that he uh, scored uh, on his uh, on his debut as well. So it was uh, in total good game.
6: It wasn't for another 3 years that City managed 7 in a game again once more. It came at the Etihad where Stoke were dispatched 7-2. As Pep Guardiola's incarnation of the team went on to be the Premier League champions with a record goals and points tally. Ex-City boss and then Stoke manager Mark Hughes felt there was nothing that could have been done to stop one particular player that afternoon.
4: They've got genuine world-class players within their ranks. Kevin De Bruyne is head and shoulders above any player in the, in the Premier League, in my view, given the, the level of performance in the week and he can dictate and affect the game. Um, players like De Bruyne see those situations and then they just grab the initiative and and say this isn't acceptable and, and they take the game away from you by, by the quality of their play.
6: Guardiola agreed with his opposite number but had
4: praise for elsewhere in the team too. We saw since the beginning the team was there, David in the beginning was the best game I think David I ever played in the last two or three weeks with us, today was dynamic, It was he moves in a position so difficult to control for the opponents. But everybody, everybody was in a, in a good performance. You cannot score seven goals when, when all the team, all the team is not good. So our build-up with Dino, John, and Nico was fluently was good. Our wingers make a good movement, running behind. So we make a good performance.
6: That was the last time City hit seven before Sunday's win
4: after beating Rotherham. Guardiola
6: admitted he needed to make changes to keep his team fresh, but that he picked a strong lineup because he wanted to take the FA Cup seriously.
4: We do what we have to do to become a, a great, great club. Like, the great clubs don't choose competitions, don't choose games, so every game has to do your job. And we did it amazingly again. And everybody was, was really, really good. Start from Kyle and finish for the, the Rahim.
6: City are yet to score more than seven in a match since they moved to the Etihad in 2003. The question remains, could they do better than seven under Guardiola's management in the near future?
0: If I to
1: see the wonders,
2: a to... Hi, I'm Fabian Delph, and you're listening to the Blue Moon Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Blue Moon Podcast. You've made it this far, so don't give up now.
1: And the answer to that question is obviously yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've come to the final part of this week's episode of the Blue Moon po- Podcast. It is all about you, though. It is Ask the Panel. You get your questions in uh, to our guests, you can tweet us at Blue Moon Podcast or you can email through the website, Moonpodcast.com. Get them done now for next week's episode. The first question today comes from Ryan Spear, who's emailed in, why are pundits like Jamie Carragher so obsessed with counting empty seats at the Etihad and no other clubs? It's
3: uh, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, the obsession that other teams fans have with, with City's empty seats is very weird. Am I, am I not wrong in thinking that?
2: No. Well, no, you guys, you're new to it, aren't you? Because you haven't been <laughs> hated before. Yeah, Everyone's starting to hate you because you're so good. So anything you do, any little slight against you, is, is you know, is going to be amplified. Um, Jamie Carragher is also Liverpool. Um, and you're going up against them at the minute, so I expect mm. a few more little digs. A few from little Jamie digs. Red, what, Jamie Carragher from uh, ahead of you guys.
3: What annoys me about it is I'm not going to sit here and like looking in the context of Carragher's dig. He was having a dig, but somebody had a dig at him. He was having a dig back. It's fair enough. The bigger picture is that there are empty seats at, at pretty much every Premier League ground, barring one or two, barring probably United and you know the old one at Anfield, maybe. Generally, empty seats. Th- there's a link to ticket prices and mm. if ticket prices are at a level where people can't afford to to keep shelling out every week for for games that are often on the telly often you can cover that you can you know see them elsewhere then why don't why do people choose not to go to games and the answer is because it's quite costly and it's quite expensive so i i always i always have a little kind of nagging doubt
1: in the back of my mind what the motivation is behind the empty yeah. seat sort of banter for me um <sighs> I think you have to look at football as an entertainment business, which it is and at the moment you get it all right when you're scoring nine goals you you know there's a strong argument for you getting your value for money, but in terms of an an entertainment perspective, rolling over a league one side in a in a cup match is that? Exactly. Entertaining. But this is it as where well. If, is, you, if you're going to choose to pay for a
3: ticket, do you, do you want to get one for City against Liverpool on that Thursday night or City yep. against Burton? And don't get me wrong, I know the tickets against Burton were a lot cheaper, but it's a midweek and it's a, you know kids are in school the next day and there's mm. there's all these other factors that, that come into play other than just, oh, well, you know, there's 50-odd thousand seats there, why isn't every single one of them full? It's very weird to be obsessed with that.
2: I think, yeah, I think the obsession is just coming from success. There isn't... Um a club in this country that doesn't have empty seats at the ground every so every now and then. In fact, I think I saw that dig and someone actually posted beneath it that the fact that the average attendance at City has been higher than it has been at Liverpool um, over the past two seasons, I think. So uh, it's a stigma that's going to stick with you for a while because it happens. Um, it's just a little bit of the ribbon you've got to take from the fans because you're doing so well.
3: If that's all they can say about City, then yeah, you know, yeah you're doing all right. Doing all right, right. All right yeah, I'm yeah. Doing.
1: Um, it is a, a little bit of a, a strange one, and, and no doubt we're probably going to see some more empty seats as the season goes on. And uh, at least it's not circling them for a for a <laughs> <certain> <laughs> newspaper article. Or Mine was empty online, on uh, thing. on Wednesday night. I wasn't there, so fair enough. You're totally your choice, exactly. David. Exactly. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> uh, next comes from Jonathan Shaw who's emailed in should fans who book European away trips through the club's own partner be given priority for tickets over other fans um it's a complicated one isn't it this Uh, it comes off
3: the back of of uh, the minutes from that that City Matters meeting that happened and I mean I I was reading one of the discussions uh, was about away ticket allocations and how you can make it fairer for 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 people who don't have ticket points and um one of the agreements by the fan representatives i 've got it written written down here um it, it says the fan representatives agree with the club's proposal to to guarantee a ticket for away fixtures for fans who choose to travel through the thomas Cook sports scheme uh, the club's official match day travel partner it 's hoped this will make it easier for people to book travel and take time off work as well as ensure that ticket allocation of full Utifies priority will give, be given to season card holders kind of strip that back and what that says is buy through the club's travel scheme and you know you're more like you're you're it should be easier to get a ticket and my answer to that is if the problem is with ticket points then you need to fix the ticket points system you can't just you can't just put in a way to make it easier for other people to get tickets Mm. and that's what doesn't sit quite right with me on this
2: See, this is the this is you know one of the fall downs of being successful as you guys have been recently is that with it come decisions to make and there's demand, isn't? And there's demand now, you know that where they might not have been before. So um, you're gonna have teething problems, you know. Every club has it. Um, you just gotta, you know. What what's important is the club has to stick to its principles, which has mm-hmm. been, you know, to look after fans. Because everything else is is being looked after, you know, the the area in Eastlands and the training ground, the players want for nothing, the manager wants for nothing. Um, And that has to be, you know, conveyed to the fans because, you know, the fans pay the week money every week. They'll travel all around the country and all around Europe to go and follow the team. They need to be looked after, definitely.
3: I think I, I also need to say, with a caveat of this, is I, I'm not the target market for this. I've I've, I've I don't go to European away games, mm. so I'm I'm not kind of in all of that. In fact, the last European away game I went to was TNS in 2003, <laughs> wow. and even then, that was still in it was still in Wales, so it doesn't yeah. really count, does it? <laughs> um, was,
1: the, was it the um, Millennium Stadium? Millennium Stadium, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So it doesn't really count. But you know, if I was going to to a, a city European away game, I know you've done you've done a few, Sam. Mm. I've watched you sit on the train and book tickets for for planes and and sort out flights and stuff. Yeah,
1: that was a fun trip, wasn't it? And
3: there are times when, yeah, it might be a lot easier to go, yep, I'll buy a ticket through through this scheme and it means that I'll be guaranteed a flight. I don't know if there's accommodation with it and that sort of thing. I don't have to sort any of that out. But undoubtedly, it's much more expensive to do that than it is to just go, I'm going to get a budget airline, a budget hotel and... Sort my own match ticket out and do everything independently, and then you have to ask the question: Who's benefiting from this? Who benefits from people using the club's own system? Well, it's Thomas Cook and it's the club. So you then become a bit cynical and say, "Well, why are they pushing people towards that one?" If you if you if you know that demand is such that people who are going on that scheme will or, or using that scheme are more likely to get tickets than than people who are trying to buy separately. If you're a bit up and down about which one you're going to go for and you desperately want to go to the game, you go for the one where you're more likely to, aren't you? Mm. So uh, that's what worries me about this situation. I
1: I think what you have to appreciate as well, on the flip side, when you look at this, um, if you book with the official travel partner, you are guaranteed a ticket. For those that aren't necessarily available to get a ticket this is a chance for those people yeah. to get a ticket and that's the
3: mm. that's the point with the ticket points if, if the ticket points are the problem that's not the solution mm. to it
1: mm. um for me you know I, it doesn't really appeal to me to to use the official travel because it's a certain time this is what you you're going to be doing this is where you've got to be and you it wouldn't stay in a NATO it, base it, if you did that exactly <laughs> yeah it tends to be a um you know a day trip sort of thing anyway and you know, when I go to a, a European away match, I like to make a bit of a few days of it. Like to have a great time with friends, uh, meet up with people over there that are, are you know going separately as well, um, and it and it it tends to be a you know planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, yeah. we, we, this, we, this... a number of times we've we've travelled down to Stansted Airport to to fly from Stansted to to go to a City European game, because the flights are ten times cheaper. Yeah. There's been an occasion where we've missed a flight, <laughs> travelling down to Stansted, because we were a little bit late going to Bayern Munich. So we ended up in Bruges. Yeah. You know, we, we just carried on driving. You aim and aim for, buying, an aim for, aim for Munich and missed. And You know, if I was booked on the official travel, all right, I'd have been in Munich, but I wouldn't have had a great time in Bruges. <laughs> but, but that's <laughs> so, the point.
3: This, this system, while it might make it easier for people who... who don't have the points to get tickets it, it
2: stops that and that's that, yeah, that's you, what concerns you, me you, you can't please everybody can correct. you correct you know um there's uh, not there's uh, never going to be a solution that everybody's happy with
3: yeah but i'm you know i'm still a wimp and scared of flying so I'm not uh, probably won't give it a try
1: although you did enjoy a trip to Holland didn't you Recently, I relatively recently
3: might have written that in a book I don't know if anybody's everybody's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> mentioned that, that but, uh, from the
1: boat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway before he, he plugs even more like he needs any excuse unfortunately that is it for this week's Blue Moon podcast but never fear if you want some more we're talking about some of City's biggest wins on our Patron bonus show you can have a listen if you back two dollars a month on patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast for your two dollars you'll get four or five bonus shows each are about 10 to 20 minutes in length and you'll get regular blogs by Richard Burns and David Mooney everything pledged goes towards the show's running costs and it also helps to keep us producing the show as we do. So please do help out. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our patron subscribers and, and w- once again a big thank you to our two studio guests David Mooney. Thank you. And the ever brilliant Leon. Thank you.
0: was the Blue Moon Podcast. Please support the show. Transfer subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.